You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women podcast. This is episode number 361. I am so Happy that you're here. This is a great topic and one that I've been wanting to discuss on the podcast for quite some time. One of the things that I love about doing this show, and actually, as of today, it's we've been doing this show for seven years. And one of the things that I've found that I love the most is that I get to find incredibly knowledgeable people who are helping people in a holistic way and giving people hope again. Whether you've been told there is no solution for whatever disease you've been diagnosed with, or you've been told you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life, or you've been told that there's just there's no hope for you. There's nothing else that can be done. A lot of times there are other things that can be done. And that's why I really appreciate and love all of these guests that I get to interview, a lot of 100% of the guests are root cause focused, meaning we look at the body holistically, right? There are so many things that are working together and the body doesn't experience problems in, in isolation. And so when we can look at other parts of the body, a lot of times or correct imbalances going on in other parts of the body, a lot of times things will resolve. And so I'm really excited to get this episode out there, answers all of your questions, and um, yeah, talk about fertility. So I'm your host, Noelle Tarr of CoconutsAndCattlebells.com. Hi, so nice to meet you. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a National Strength and Conditioning Association certified personal trainer. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Amy Raup, and she has 20 years of clinical experience working with women who have struggled with a variety of fertility issues. Today, we're going to dive deep into how to improve fertility and egg quality, the connection between inflammation and fertility issues and how to resolve inflammation, and how diet and macronutrient ratios are crucial when it comes to your fertility, especially as you age. I also have a lot of really incredible questions from all of you about what to do if you're trying to conceive or have been told you have unexplained fertility issues and can't get pregnant on your own from experts. We've got a lot to get to, so let's dive in. Before we do, if you experience stress, anxiety, chronic pain, or have trouble sleeping at least once a week, you've likely heard about CBD oil and thought about giving it a try just like me. I've put it off for a very long time, but last year I started looking into CBD and how it works and went on the hunt to find a reputable company. And since then, I've been experimenting with CBD oil mostly to help manage my chronic pain and occasional anxiety, and it has been a game changer. One of the problems I had looking into CBD oil was additives and quality. And eventually, I found a company called Feels, so F-E-A-L-S, 
And why I ultimately chose Feels CBD oil is that it's organic, natural, and is entirely produced in the USA. They use 100% organic MCT oil as the carrier oil. And one of the co-founders, Alex, was nice enough to jump on the phone and answer all of my questions, which means a lot to me. Their products are formulated with only the purest ingredients without the use of fillers, flavors, or fluff. They contain only full-spectrum hemp and USDA-certified organic MCT oil and nothing else. And it's in concentrated doses. So if you have tried CBD oil and it didn't work for you, it's because you probably weren't taking a concentrated dose. This is exactly what was happening with my mom. So she had always kept trying it and said it didn't do anything for her. She has chronic pain and sleep issues. Now she takes Feels CBD oil nightly, and it has made such a huge difference. So Feels CBD oil naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. CBD interacts with your endocannabinoid system. So just like we have receptors for dopamine and serotonin, we also have receptors for cannabinoids. And taking CBD oil is not addictive and there are no psychoactive properties. So I have been using it specifically for my back pain. I take it at night or in the middle of the night when I wake up and can't go back to sleep. And it really helps with my mind running at night and it just couldn't be easier to use. So you just take a dropper, release it, and put it under your tongue. You'll feel the difference within minutes. That's the sublingual absorption. It just kind of dissolves into your skin and you swallow it. And the thing to remember about CBD is that finding your right dose is important and everyone is different. So you want to leave room to experiment. The best way to get high-quality CBD oil at a discount is to become a member with Feels. That gives you a 30% discount monthly, which is huge. I'm a Feels member. I have the 1,200-milligram bottle shipped to me monthly, and as a member, you can pause or cancel at any time. Shipping is free. They have a very generous happiness guarantee, and with our code, you actually get 50% off your first order, so that's the best way to try it for the first time, in my opinion. Become a member today by going to feels.com forward slash well-fed. Again, feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com forward slash well-fed. You'll get 50% off your first order and free shipping. Again, that's feels.com forward slash well-fed. Now let's bring on Amy Raup. Amy is a renowned women's health and fertility expert, celebrity acupuncturist and coach, and the best-selling author of the book, Chill Out and Get Healthy. Yes, you can get pregnant, Body Belief, and The Egg Quality Diet, a clinically proven 100-day fertility diet to balance hormones, reduce inflammation, improve egg quality, and optimize your ability to get and stay pregnant. This came out June of last year. Amy works virtually with clients all over the world, and she is a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist in private practice in New York and Connecticut. Amy holds a master's of science degree in traditional oriental medicine from the Pacific College of Oriental Medicine and a bachelor's degree in biology from Rutgers University. She's also the founder of the Amy Route Beauty line of handcrafted organic skincare products that are optimized for hormone harmony. Amy is also the head of Chinese medicine at The Well in NYC and is a frequent speaker at women's health and wellness conferences across the nation. Welcome, Amy. Hi, Noelle. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. You are an expert on something that most women have a lot of questions about. And that is how food and your lifestyle impacts things like your cycle and your hormones and your fertility. And I think our society is really good at 
compartmentalizing the human body and and treating conditions like hormone imbalances or fertility issues or even like, you know, autoimmune disease as standalone conditions that are not impacted by other imbalances or or influences in the body. And that's I don't think that's the fault of people searching for help. It's really the way in which conditions are treated in our society with no recognition for potential root causes. And as a result, I think women's health and fertility issues are really on the rise. And you have been making an impact and, and a dent in this for the better by looking at root causes and really saying, no, everything is working together. We need to treat this holistically. Your only option isn't just conventional medicine or and you're not a lost cause, which I think a lot of women get told, right? Like, well, just get on the birth control pill and, oh, well, you want to get pregnant? Well, your only option is adoption or IVF or whatever. Right. So before we dive in, I, I'd love to know how you got started in this work and what made you want to pursue helping people in a way that you do now. So once upon a time, I, you know, my undergraduate degree is biology and chemistry. And my plan was to go to medical school. And, uh, you know, I had great visions of becoming a neurosurgeon was actually the goal. And I didn't get into medical school the first time I applied because I did very poorly on my MCATs. And I was devastated. And But it turns out to be one of the best blessings of my life. But I went on to do graduate work in neuroscience to, and then retake the MCATs. And during that time, um, you know, I, I hopped around to a couple different graduate programs, but I wound up out at UCSD in San Diego. And I started working in a lab setting. So I was... Uh, a research scientist, like a junior research scientist on a team of doctors studying Alzheimer's disease. And my grandmother at the same time was actually dealing with Alzheimer's disease, like full blown. And it was really impacting my family. She was a, a, a supreme a matriarchal figure in our family. And I remember my dad really being fixated on like, well, her diet was so poor and she was depressed. You know, my mom owned a gym growing up. I worked at a health food store. Like we had a very kind of like holistic mindset, if you will. And here I was studying Alzheimer's disease and just looking at cells in a Petri dish and saying, oh, are there these like proteins and you know, what's going on here? What's causing Alzheimer's disease? And I would get really caught up in the fact that I thought we were missing looking at the holistic picture. And mind you, I was the youngest person on the team. I was the only, I think there was two women on the entire floor. And Anytime I brought up this conversation, I was sort of laughed at, you know, and and they were doing, you know, real deals. It was great research and, and they were turning out good stuff. But the mentor that I worked on, you know, in his lab and, and he was towards the end of his career, he was really fascinated with Chinese medicine. And I knew of acupuncture because I was a gymnast growing up and I had some acupuncture here and there with injuries. And my mother loved acupuncture, but I didn't really understand the philosophy of Chinese medicine. And he was reading this book called The Web That Has No Weaver, which is um, a popular book written by, he's a Chinese medicine practitioner, but he's also a professor at Harvard and he's a big placebo researcher. And you know he's made his name in placebo research at this point. And anyway, Dr. Miller, who I was working with, turned me on to this book. And then of course, as, as life would have it, um, at the time, I was a waitress, and the, one of the women I was training at the restaurant had just moved to San Diego to go to the acupuncture school, which is actually a four-year master's degree program in traditional Chinese medicine. And I started to learn a lot more about it. And another guy on my floor was a 
he was a neuropharmacologist, but he was also a Chinese herbalist. This is a guy on my science floor at UCSD. Encouraged me to go and check out, like they had some free lectures. And, and it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks when I went there of just all of a sudden, like the way they saw or the way Chinese medicine sees medicine was how I was actually seeing it. Like there was so much more than just this like compartmentalization, like you said, you know, there was like all these other factors that had to come into play. And it was the first medicine that I ever knew of that looked at the emotional component as well as the physical and, and how nature, you know, is involved and how our interaction in like, and I don't just mean like trees, I mean like the nature around us and our surrounding environments. And it, it lit me up like nothing else before. And so I decided to, uh, you know, drop out of my program that I was in and, and study Chinese medicine. And, and, and that's kind of, and at the time too, I myself was dealing with an eating disorder and I had, you know, very disordered exercise and eating habits. And the first year of school at, at Chinese medicine school, I mean, we're learning a lot of like basics and theories, but there's a whole psychology portion where it was like healer, heal thyself, you know, until we can heal others, we need to work on ourselves. And it was transformational for me because I, did. I, I got into a pattern of learning how to nourish myself and understanding what my body needs and how I was depriving it. And then as a result, the health issues that were coming up for me. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of been that way ever since, you know, now I've been practicing. That was, that was 21 years ago when I entered into uh, traditional Chinese medicine school and I've been practicing clinically for 17 years. And that's, you know, the whole reason behind my books and, and everything that motivates me is because I, I see us, we fall into this pattern of what I think is really disempowering, right? We're giving our power over to these, you know, the system that is compartmentalizing us. Oh, you have an issue with trying to get pregnant. Let's look at your FSH and your AMH and how your ovaries are doing and, and your uterus and nothing else, right? Or you're having an issue with like, acne. Okay. Let's just put you on the pill or you're having migraines. Okay. Let's just, you know, do this and not taking into account all that is going on. And, you know, I started to see early on in my practice that women that were coming to me with hormonal issues, if I focused on them in the way that we are trained from a Western perspective, I didn't get the results I wanted. Meaning if I was just like, oh, there's, you know, cramps with her period. So I'm going to do X, Y, and Z instead of taking the whole system into account, like how's her sleep, how's her digestion, how's her emotional state? Like, when is it a good period? When is it a bad period? What's different in her life then? That's when I really started to see the changes happen for my clients. And, you know, it felt like, okay, this is, this is the missing link. Like there, there's a route that we have to get to. And that's very much the Chinese medicine approach is, is branch versus root, right? So there's Band-Aid treatments, sure, here for your acne, here, do, do X, Y, and Z, use these herbs right on the acne and it'll work. But why is the acne coming up in the first place, right? Or why is the period? Or why are you not getting pregnant? And, and really understanding at the crux of like, how is your body functioning? And as my mentor now would say, like, it's all about bringing the body back to homeostasis and restoring the right relationships in the body. So it's about just nudging the body back into its correctness. Like it knows what to do. And, and I think, you know, the work I do and, and other people like me, what we're doing is just nudging the body, reminding it to, to do what it needs to do again. Hmm. I love the idea of nudges because sometimes I think that 
as women, as people in general, we think that we need to like change so many huge things to see results. Whereas a lot of times it's a lot of little shifts that allow the body, like you said, to come back into homeostasis and fix itself. Because I do believe like the your body, I've always said this, your body is fighting for you. Like it's on your side. And the way in which our society treats our relationship with our body now, it's like we're constantly fighting it, right? We're supposed to fight weight fluctuations. We're supposed yeah, to fight battle cancer, right? Yeah, yeah battle, battle or battling things that are happening in our bodies. And we're we're trying to really like make like why is why are these hormones imbalanced? Why is this happening? Like I need you need to be <laughs> you need to you need to change body. Why are you doing yes. this to me? Yeah, it's a it's a it's it, it, you, we disconnect instead of what, mm. what really we need to do is reconnect. So what is my body saying? And okay, and how can I better support it? And, and listening, oh, and I do this, then it does that. Or, you know, and understanding the, the connection between the two. And that also, yeah, like, t- when you come back home, and, and that's kind of what I mean by restoring the right relationship too. like coming back home to you, and to your body, it is you're lining up on the same team where we don't have to battle each other. We we have to figure out how can I better support you? How can I better nourish you? And it's listening and, you know, and then I do, I, I always say it's frequency and consistency in the changes. It's not black and white, you know, mm-hmm. when women are come to me and they're like, oh, you know, I cut gluten out. Uh, for three weeks and I didn't see a difference. And it's like, right. okay, well, you know what I mean? And it might not yeah. be gluten. Like, I don't think gluten is the, the, the ultimate evil by any means either. You know, like some people can do great on it, but it's just, okay, that maybe wasn't long enough or, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Or maybe you weren't listening closely enough or, right. but just these, we're, we're really in this society of like these quick, like 30 day weight loss programs, yes. right? You know, or like whatever it is, it's, it's, it's this quick fixes. And, and uh, that's the one thing I always say, you know, my, my main job is I help women get pregnant. Right. And, but it's, I always tell them it's, it's not for me about the positive pregnancy test. For me, it's about you coming back home, you being your most vital self. The baby is the cherry on top, but I want this to be the lifestyle for the rest of your life. Right. You know, and it's, and and it's easy to make it your lifestyle when you listen, you know, because if you're not listening, it's, it's easy to just go about your day. And, and I think almost like accept mediocrity, you know, mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is as good as it gets. Right. Most people, yeah. I think, you know, talk about this in my book, body belief, most people walk around at like 70% their wellness capacity and they think that that's fine. And Oh, cause I'm getting older or, Oh, you know, this runs in my family or this is just how it is. I have a stressful life. And it's like, no, there, there are small shifts you can make and you can get yourself to 85, 95, 95% mm. and you would feel awesome. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because I think for a lot of women, we don't have this realization until we start seeing it come out in fertility issues or cycle, you know, our cycles are off or something's wrong or they're painful or, you know, we do have these major hormone imbalances because at some point some women eventually say, okay, I would like my fertility. Like I I, I put this aside. I kind of ignored it for so long, but now it's important to me. So now what can I do? And so in your clinic, I know a lot of people come to you for that, obviously. In your clinic, what are some of the common root causes or those things that we're kind of ignoring um, 
whether they're caused by diet or lifestyle or whatever, what are those root causes of fertility issues when a woman comes to you? Like, what, what are the most common ones that you see? Yeah. So, I mean, we see people in the clinic. We have people online. I mean, I have a whole team and we we coach women all over the world and, and in our clinic. And I do think the most common things are digestive disorders and skin conditions. And usually they go together, but not always. There can also be period issues, right? Oh, I just, oh yeah, no, my first two days, I mean, I, I can't leave the house or I bleed through things or I have diarrhea and I vomit or I get headaches and it's just accepted. Oh, my doctor says this is normal. And it, no, that's actually not normal. So those are the most common things that I see and I look for, you know, other things can be like headaches or body aches. But then as we dig deeper, you usually, you know, and we get the right testing done, we might see signs of what we would say inflammation, you know, based on blood work or even um, Hashimoto's is a really common thing that I wind up finding in a lot of women, which is a thyroid disorder. It's an autoimmune thyroid disease. So your your thyroid numbers on a basic, you know, CBC blood workup where they basically just usually check just your TSH, right, would be totally normal. And you, But you may have some signs of thyroid imbalance. And then we look at antibodies and they're higher, but most doctors don't check for the antibodies because your TSH is in range. And so they don't, they can't really do anything if you have autoimmune thyroid issues until the autoimmunity actually causes your thyroid to stop working. And then you need total dependence on thyroid medication. But from my side, it's just, it's a sign that autoimmunity is starting to go on and the body is is basically attacking itself for unknown reasons. And at the root of that is typically, you know, generally speaking, inflammation. Okay. So here's the thing. <laughs> we talk about inflammation a lot. Oh, no. Right? But mm-hmm. like... What does it mean? What does it yeah. mean and how is it actually impacting fertility? So, I mean, inflammation is a good thing, right? We need it. It helps us fight, uh, you know, it helps us heal injuries. It helps us fight disease. We want to have these normal little inflammatory responses when we get exposed to something our body doesn't need or like or injures us. But in certain situations, there's there's this trigger that goes off. Or I, I would just say, so when inflammation is more rampant than it needs to be, it's almost like the body's in a chronic fight or flight state, you know, where it's constantly battling itself. It's constantly trying to get back to homeostasis, but there's this level of, you know, I would almost picture it like, um, like boils on the inside or something, you know, that's this level of like heat. That's how we would see it in Chinese medicine. There's heat on the inside and it's, it's causing things to be chaotic that's kind of how almost autoimmunity is looked at too. And that's typically at the root of that is, is inflammation. So, I mean, you can test your inflammation. You'll go look at your homocysteine levels, your C-reactive protein. You could look at your omega-3 to 6 ratios. Those things can give us an idea, your ferritin levels of like what's going on, what's your body doing. Even your white blood cells a lot of times can give us ideas and your red blood cells, the sizes of them of like, is, is thing, are things getting absorbed or things, um, are we constantly kind of having this immune response? And so one thing that for fertility is that the body, so this is Western and Eastern, I suppose, the body needs to feel safe to procreate. And by safety, I don't mean that you're not in a war zone. Obviously, women in war zones get pregnant. It's not that. It's 
do I have enough? Does it feel safe to en- to allow something to come into this body and grow? Like making a human is is a big freaking deal, right? Is the biggest thing any human can do. It's the most. It's the biggest job. It's the biggest job, and to do it right is is fascinating. The more you know about it, the more your your mind's blown at, at all at all the steps where things could go wrong. It's fascinating. But so when there is a lot of inflammation, and that inflammation could could be you could see a physiological you know uh manifestation of it you know so maybe it could be headaches maybe it could be joint pain maybe it could be gi symptoms eczema psoriasis acne you know menstrual issues all of that stuff maybe we don't though see it maybe we just feel anxiety every day and heart palpitations or we're hot at night or you know, there could be like little signals from the body, but it's basically that the body's kind of in overdrive and it's, and it's upset and heated because it's not able to take in the environment and the foods and the nature, the way it needs to. So it leads, usually there's absorption issues when there's inflammatory uh, reactions going on in the body. It's almost like, cause it can't prioritize the important things, right? It has to the main priority is how do I reduce this inflammation? How do I get out of this state of of chaos in my body? And so everything else kind of takes a backseat. And when it comes to fertility, another thing is is that it really is a luxury. And I mean that, of course, I mean all of these things lovingly. I can get very clinical at times, and I don't mean to sound harsh, but when there's ample fertility, it's when the body says. I got the goods. Like I feel safe. I feel nourished. I feel secure. You know, all my needs are being met and now I have enough to make a human, right? I I've got the goods. And so that is a luxury because also, you know, you'll notice it too. I mean, I, I experienced it myself with my anorexia and bulimia. The period's the first thing to disappear when the body fat goes too low or there's, you know, or even too high period's first thing that shuts down. Body's like, listen, I don't, I don't have it. I don't, I don't have anything to give up. And that's how we see it in Chinese medicine too, that the menstrual cycle is a sign from the body saying, I have an abundance of blood and now I can shed my lining and I can start the cycle over again. Right. If the body doesn't have it to shed, meaning it can't give up its resources, it's not going to do it. And so that will then shut down the cycle. And and how inflammation plays a role in that too is that can cause hormonal imbalances. You know, I mean, there's just, there's layers and layers and layers to it. What I tend to see and what I go after fixing first when it comes to inflammation is typically absorption and calming the nervous system. Like those are two really big things that, you know, maybe sound more Western than Eastern, but they're one in the same, you know, where it's like, it's basically coming back home. Like how can we slow the body down? How can we clear out the gunk to, remove some of the chaos. Some chaos is okay, right? Or we, we need a little bit of inflammation, but, and then how inflammation affects us. Another layer is it causes cellular breakdown and mitochondrial dysfunction. And when you have that, you just, you age before your time, basically, you know, it's almost like we rust um, on the insides and the inflammation, again, that heat and that chaos just causes our system to break down prematurely. And I do think that's what we're seeing with this fertility epidemic. And also, you know, in writing my book, um, well, all of my books, but when I wrote, yes, you can get pregnant. And, you know, mind you, I was a research scientist. So uh, I really dig into the research. I love seeing it. Um, 
you know, you know the, the, the most common reasons for fertility challenges are endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, and then a lot of times uh, structural issues. Uh, sperm is on that radar too, but it's not as often talked about, unfortunately. But when you look at the research, PCOS, and, and most of the time the structural issues, meaning like tubes are blocked or there's fibroids or cysts, those are usually at the root of those are endometriosis. So endo and PCOS are both known classified inflammatory disorders that have autoimmune characteristics. And so as I was doing the research, I was like, oh my gosh. So all these women with unexplained infertility, most of the time PCOS will get diagnosed. Endo is really hard to diagnose. We can make assumptions, but it's hard to diagnose unless you actually go in laparoscopically and look. And so it was this big light bulb that went off for me where I was like, oh my gosh. So all these women with unexplained infertility are actually dealing with some kind of inflammatory disease and or autoimmunity. And when I started to talk to more and more doctors, you know, and like top-notch doctors, you know, I remember I interviewed uh, the head of Yale Reproductive Medicine and I said, what do you think about? Like, you know, I brought the idea to him and he said, you know, you're onto something. He was like, right now in our clinic, we're actually screening every single patient for celiac and Hashimoto's because there's such a high correlation in in those two disease states with, with infertility. And we have to get that under control. And I, I work with doctors now that if like a PCOS patient comes in and there's a lot of blood sugar issues, um, insulin resistance, the first thing they'll say is you got to go work with Amy and her team for three months and then come back. Cause we're not going to, cause there's so much inflammation in those bodies that even though there's a ton of eggs in a PCOS patient, right? Her AMH is usually very high. They're not, they're poor quality because there's just, I almost look at it as like, there's so many eggs that are fighting for all the nourishment, you know, so it gets divvied up. So everybody gets less than their share. They don't have enough to properly function. And so when you, you know, the inflammation, I almost see it as like, you know, it's like I said, that heat, that cast, but it's like gunk, you know, and we just, if we, if we clean up how our body's absorbing, we calm the nervous system, get our body out of that chronic fight or flight help the body feel safe and secure, things come back into balance. If you are so done being tired and fatigued and overstimulated and not being able to fall asleep and waking up a lot in the middle of the night, I feel you. I've been there. I was wired and tired. And I didn't know why. I was just feeling so just overwhelmed with just like a sense of almost nervousness and anxiety And it wasn't until I had this light overhaul in my house that I could tell how much blue light from my computer and my phone, overhead light, how all of that was affecting me. And I was able to do that with the help of Blue Blocks. So Blue Blocks makes computer and sleep plus glasses, which help to block out, the computer glasses help to block out the harsh light that we see when we're looking at our screens all day, every day, when we're looking at, you know, our phone. And then the Sleep Plus glasses are actually evidence-based. They block out all the wavelengths that are clinically shown to suppress melatonin production, which we so desperately need to be able to fall asleep quickly and to have good sleep quality. And it's really a vicious cycle because once you're not sleeping well and, yes, fall asleep really late, then your melatonin production is really just not online and then you just kind of your sleep gets worse and worse so stop the cycle get blue blocks sleep plus glasses if you're going to invest in one pair that's what i highly recommend starting with so the sleep plus glasses they have an orange tint you can put them on it's now part of our nightly routine 
put them on about two hours before bedtime when you're just starting to wind down. I understand, like, everybody says, don't have screens on two hours before bed, but some of us have to work after the kids go down and some of us want to watch our shows. And that is where these sleepless glasses come into play and they save the day. So invest in some sleepless glasses. The lenses are really attractive. I like the way they feel. I don't even know they're there and they look good. I like the way they look, which is important. I think that's really important. Um, and if you've bought like orange lensed glasses before and they didn't work, it's because they weren't properly blocking all of the wavelengths that have been shown to suppress melatonin production. So investing in a pair of Sleep Plus glasses is, is investing in your sleep for and your like proper hormone production for the rest of your life, for years to come. Blueblocks.com forward slash well-fed. That's our link. It's B-L-U, B-L-O-X dot com forward slash well-fed. Use our code well-fed for 15% off. They can also turn any pair of glasses into custom blue blockers, which is pretty cool. Again, that's blueblocks.com forward slash well-fed, and then use our code well-fed for 15% off. Oh, so many things. It's a lot. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're blow. Well, so I just... As natural as it is for you to see that connection, it's even really, it's just so impactful to hear you say that and to make this connection between PCOS and endometriosis and even thyroid issues and say, look, here they are. They're at this. This is going hand in hand. We're making this connection to these inflammatory conditions and fertility issues. And how we treat those is not to put a Band-Aid over top of it. It's actually, which makes no, would, this makes no sense to most people. Mm -hmm. It's to improve your nutrient absorption. Like you're telling me I need to do something with my diet to fix my endometriosis and my fertility. Like it, and I want to jump into the egg quality diet. Um, but first you, you said that the second part is calming the nervous system. Yeah. I think this is something that nobody wants to do because <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest, nobody wants to do this. It's hard. It's a little it's it's changing your life. It's changing how you manage stress. It's changing all those things. So what exactly is the nervous system and how do we calm it when we live in this world that is like a constant stimulation? Yeah, I mean. So the nervous system, again, like very generally speaking, is how our body responds and reacts to yeah stimuli, whether it's internally or externally. So as simple as like, oh, I'm going to lift up my arm, right? That that requires your brain to communicate with your, you know, your nerves to your muscles to then pick that up as much as it requires like, oh, there's a lion chasing me. I got to run and my heart rate goes up. And, you know, there's these normal processes that the nervous system is is so important in protecting us and it's it's all about how our body communicates with each other so it's like the theory of like your body hears everything your brain says right so your it could be oh i'm hungry to oh i got to run from the lion to oh now my boss or my you know i don't know something else that's a major stressor. My mother-in-law is the lion now, right? And I have to see her every day. <laughs> <laughs> My nervous system is constantly cranked, right? You know, right. so it's just like, it's, so it's, it's again, that state of high alert, right? So that's what 
the inflammation does to us too, where on a physiological level, our body's saying like, you know, there's some chaos in here and, and there's no homeostasis and I need more balance and I, you know, and I'm not getting, and also like one thing I wanted to say too, where you had said, um, you know, absorption, improving absorption and about diet. Like I do also think, and we know this scientifically too, the, the brain plays a huge role in absorption as well. So like the, the gut brain access is tremendous when it comes to absorption as well. So you could be eating a stellar diet and still not absorbing your food. Just, just to keep that in mind, um, because your nervous system is on fire, right. Or is as out of whack. Um, and so Chinese medicine, right. We don't have, we have a gut and that's really important. We have like spleen and stomach. We don't have nervous system. We, it's to us, it's more about like flow and ease and how are things moving in your body? How are you taking in your world? How are you absorbing your world? So it could also be that too. Like that's another absorption thing. Like, are we receiving love and support or are we just pushing things away? I see that a lot with women too. Like, are you receiving, if you're in a heterosexual relationship and naturally trying to conceive, I will ask the question, how do you receive your husband? Uh, they like most of the time they're like, what the hell are you talking about lady? But <laughs> what I mean is like when he comes at you, do you know what I mean? Like meaning like comes to embrace you. Like, are you tense? Are you like fall into his arms? Are you like soft and cuddly? Are you mad at him still about something that happened three months ago? Do you know what I mean? Like, how are mm-hmm. you receiving throughout your day? And, and that really triggers the, the, the nervous system as well. And, and that, that, that falls into that safety piece. And when it comes to the nervous system, like one thing I talk a lot about that I, to me is the same thing as, as a heightened nervous system is emotional inflammation. And so that's where, like, how are we, how are we moving through our day? Are we, you know, one thing I tend to do is like, you know, I'm on this conversation with you right now, but like, I already know what happens at 1130 in my day. Right. You know, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, sometimes I still think about that. Right. So how do I just be right here, right now, in this moment, receiving mm. this conversation and this time together versus already thinking about like, you know, dinner tonight or what 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 comes in the next couple of weeks or, you know, it, so it's about coming back home again, present, slowing down. And then the other piece of the emotional inflammation is is the constant judgment or berating that we we do to ourselves on a regular basis. So really tuning into that and and hearing that conversation, because that goes back to the body, here's everything the brain says. So if you are walking around and the judgment is like, you can't get things done, you're always running behind, you know, um, you know, you, you screwed this and you didn't do that. And he did this and she did that, right? You're just, you are going. And that is, that is a heightened, heightened sense of, you know, chaos again, right? And so the mindfulness aspect is, is just the same as, as I think the physical of like coming back home. Like, how do I feel when I do that? What's the difference in like when I slow down and I breathe and, you know, I notice for myself, like from a workout perspective, like the last thing I want to do is stretch at the end of my workouts, right? Like it's so freaking annoying. It's yeah. too slow. Do you know what I mean? But I do yeah. it. And then I'm like, Oh my God, that felt so good. I can't believe I don't do that every yeah. time. Right. Uh, it's the same kind of thing, you know, just like, where is my time for me? Where am I slowing down? And, and am I tuning into the conversation I'm having with myself about all these other things? So it's, it's like how much, how much judgment I think is a big piece of it and criticism and, um, 
you know, the pressures that we put on ourselves, that we take on, the burdens that we think we need to carry for others, right? All of that also really plays a huge role in the inflammatory process. And and you can see that, you know, biologically too, you know, even if you see it in muscle tension or like I was saying, the gut brain axis of like, you know, you might again have a perfect diet and like a really solid lifestyle, but you internalize everything that happens or, you know, not to get too like psychoanalytical, but like maybe there was significant traumas that have never been dealt with or, mm-hmm. you know, there's something there that's constantly that nervous system still just going, 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 going. Mm-hmm. And so you just, even though you eat a great diet, maybe you have diarrhea every day or you have constipation or you have lots of like loud gurgles in your stomach. Do you know what I mean? There's, yes. so for me, cause you know, I get a lot of that. I, I get that, you know, girls come to me, they've read all my books, they are doing the things, they are highly educated, there's so much information out there, they, they've they been to functional doctors, they've done the things, they've done these tests, and they're like, but I'm still not getting pregnant, like, what's, what's the, what's, what's going on here, you know, and then we peel back the layers, and it's like, I'm scared to get pregnant, or I don't really believe I can, or I'm mad at my partner, because we had to wait three years, because he had to finish his MBA, or you know what I mean, it's like these mm. things that are fascinating, or, you know, it's, a lot of times it's a little bit of both, you know, they're typically not eating enough too. When I, when I get girls that come to me, they're not eating the right macronutrients. And I, I think we'll get to that, but, um, you know, it's, it's, and that's my favorite part of my job is looking at all those components. So. Gosh, if you take anything away, everybody, listening, if you take anything away, please take away that, which is you could be eating the perfect diet. You could be doing everything right. You know, paleo, I'm doing this. I'm, I've, I've eliminated all these foods. Like, what is going on? Why am I still struggling with A, B, and C thing? And it's emotional inflammation. It's this nervous system stimulation, which can inhibit absorption and can still cause inflammation in the body, even when you're doing all of the anti-inflammatory superfoods and shakes and all the things, right? So I think that's so powerful and that's such a mindset shift because so many type A, especially type A people are like, I'm doing everything. Why is this not working? And sometimes that's part of the emotional inflammation in in and of itself. Yeah, and my job with those types is usually to get them to allow themselves to be imperfect, Mm. which is so hard for type A. It's um, it's not fun. Where it's like, I want you to loosen the reins a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. I want you to, you know, have a little more fun with your diet, with your lifestyle. Um, you know, it's, it's the tension doesn't allow the flow, right? Yeah. Um, I even think about that too, when you're actively trying to conceive and you're having sex and you're thinking during sex, is this the month? You know what I mean? Like mm. instead of enjoying your partner. And I think about the, is this the month thought or the honey, I'm ovulating sex creates a lot of tension and those fallopian tubes where that, you know, sperm and egg need to meet and travel through are really, really thin little tubes. And, you know, there's muscles in there. And and is that tension causing the inability for things to flow and get to where they need to get? Mm. And again, not nobody's, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm more just, it's really important to just think about those things, you know, like, oh my gosh, she's right. Like, Every time as it approaches ovulation, you know, like I get really tense and stressed, like, is this going to be the month? And, and 
how can I get like more of my body? And like, you know, I always say like, make, make a list of the whys. Why do you want this human and with this other human and what it, you know, what is, what excites you about bringing this baby through and like focus on that during lovemaking, not is this the time and like how much sperm is getting there. And, you know, there's just, it's really interesting of, you know, because you hear a lot of stories too, and I do as well. I just got a, a testimonial in uh, an email over the weekend, and you know, she said, "I finally surrendered," and I said, "Okay, my life is good just the way it is." And then that's when baby came through, right? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I mean, God, I wish I could bottle surrender. I mean, it'd be so amazing for all of us, but. <laughs> Yeah. But so it's just, but surrender really is like feeling safe in your life right now, not waiting for something to make you feel safe or happy, right? It's like right now, right here, it is actually a good life. I have this and I have this and I enjoy this and I enjoy that, right? Versus I'm doing all the things right so I can get to this goal, you know, and where's the freaking goal? Why haven't I gotten it yet? You know, so that means you're you're actually living in a state of discontent, right? And, and dis-ease and disharmony because you're doing all the things to get the thing versus doing all the things because they feel good. Mm. I want to jump into the egg quality diet. This is your most recent book. When it comes to nutrition and improving egg quality, what are some of the most important foods to start incorporating into your diet to like actually nourish eggs? Eggs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Eggs, bone broth, liver, organ meat. Um, no, I fat. Yeah. I think we don't eat enough fat uh, when it comes to fertility, especially fat. Cholesterol is is a precursor to all of our hormones in our body, and we need really nutrient dense fats to balance hormones. And so, you know, if you're looking at macros, it's like forty five. 40 to 50% fat is your diet. And then maybe 30% is protein. And then the rest is carbohydrates. And I, I see the opposite with a lot of my clients when, when I start collecting food diaries, even the ones who are paleo and they are following my recommendations, especially in my book, yes, you can get pregnant, which is why I wrote egg quality diet. Cause I realized, okay, maybe I wasn't clear enough. Um, and I've learned more, but <laughs> right. I'm like, let me just like literally give you a hundred days of like what it looks like. So you can do this. Um, and I, and I've tweaked things of course over the years, but most women are eating, you know, 40 to 50% carbs. I, I mean, I know this is a real educated group, so you guys probably aren't doing that, but even carbs from vegetables, you know, to think about that too. And, and not enough protein, maybe we're getting 20% protein. Some of you more focused on fitness, you're probably getting your 30%, but upwards of like legit 90 grams of protein a day, 80 to 90 grams is, is the goal. Um, I don't think you have to go super higher than that, depending on your BMI, maybe you do, but lower than that is no good for fertility. And then the fat piece. So, you know, I know I was raised like fat free, kept you skinny, right. You know, and that was like my mm -hmm. thing, you know, um, I remember one of my buddies in college said, you know, Amy, when they met fat free, it wasn't literal. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Like I was like, sunken in and my hair was falling out and pale. And, um, it's really funny, but yeah. if, from a fertility perspective, fat cells store estrogen, estrogen is critical to egg quality, to hormones and fat itself is critical. Like we need, we get choline from cholesterol, vitamin D, vitamin A. We need those for proper hormone synthesis. If we're not getting them, 
our eggs are just, I look at them as they're kind of like brittle and fragile. Mm. And when they're brittle and fragile and they get, you know, fertilized with the sperm, they're just, you know, they are fragmented. And and if anybody's gone through IVF or, or knows that process, like when we want to see a beautiful embryo under that microscope, it it is not, there's no fragmentation. It has these beautiful edges and it just kind of looks like this bubbly, juicy embryo. And whereas the opposite is no fat, you see lots of fragmentation around that and it's likely not going to create a healthy child. And, and so the egg, the outer shell of the egg is all fat. Her entire outside layer is fat. And, and if you think about like, everybody talks about, oh, the quality and it diminishes with time and poor egg quality. It's like, well, that's just not like we need to nourish our bodies with more fat. And so, and there's also cool research, you know, some of them are smaller studies, but showing that when we shift macronutrient profiles from like 50 carbs, 20 protein, 30 fat to 45 fat, 30 protein, and what's left, um, you know, 20-ish carbs, pregnancy outcomes quadruple. When you get an omega-3 to 6 ratio under a 10 to 1, pregnancy outcomes quadruple. So it's like we need those good, healthy fats. And the omega-6s can be really pro-inflammatory too. So, you know, it's it's about the right kind of fat and then um, in the right dosing. So for me, I just always say I want six to eight servings of vegetables, 80 to 90 grams of protein a day. The fat kind of just falls into place if you're eating your protein from good quality, nutrient-dense sources. And yeah, I tend to get a lot of women though, they're like, you know, gluten-free muffin in the morning or gluten-free toast with like almond butter, you know, they're doing great if you will. Um, but they're missing their marks and they're getting like 40, 50 grams of protein and lots of carbohydrates and not, not nearly enough vegetables. Yeah. We have this thing in our society where everybody's like, Oh, but just the healthy fats. And for some reason, you know, conventionally speaking, the healthy fats are like the vegetable oils, right? It's, yeah. It's, oh my God. Everybody always yes, says, Oh, they're... but just eat the right kind of fat. So what do you mean when you say the right kind of fat? Because it's funny how there's Omega like, it's such a rich. difference. Yeah. So yeah. no vegetable oils. I mean, you can do avocado, you can do olive oil. That's about it. Um, so Coconut oil, ghee, avocado oil, olive oil. And then even the nut butters, it really depends. But if you, you know, egg quality diet is autoimmune paleo. It's not just paleo, right? So we're, we're cutting out all the lectins. And not forever. So that's the other thing, too, with the egg quality diet. Like, people look at it and they're like, oh, my God, I can't do that. You know, it's too, it's, it's you know, too restrictive. It's literally restrictive for about 50 days. You know, really the most restrictive piece is about 30 days it's an elimination diet. And so we eliminate down to the bare bones where we're doing broth, you know, from chicken or, you know, from bones, basically animal bone broth, um, eggs, just the yolks. At one point we take out the whites cause they can be, they could potentially be creating an immune reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're eating vegetables and protein like grass fed meat and, you know, bison and, good quality fish like salmon and cod and but we're taking out nuts and beans and nightshades and grains and of course the obvious offenders that we all know about gluten dairy sugar soy and then we slowly add foods back in and we start to see how our body reacts so i have in the egg quality diet too there's a very lengthy questionnaire of like how many what symptoms do you have on a 
regular basis. And each week I ask you to go back and revisit and see how your symptoms are changing. And then by phase four of the diet, which is about 50 days in, you start reintroducing. But like phase three, you reintroduce some things. And then phase four, you can reintroduce kind of even more things. And you start to see, okay, what is the diet for me versus, you know, this is the only way to eat for fertility, which I think um, is very restrictive and isn't right for everybody. Because like I said earlier, some women can eat really, you know, I still, if you're going to eat gluten, I still always recommend that it's sprouted and it's organic, right? Because of the pesticide load and how hard grains can be to digest. And same thing with beans and nuts, that they should be soaked and sprouted really eating them raw is not the best for our body, you know, maybe an 80, 20 rule, but, um, so, you know, I, I think I've answered the question, but like, yeah, when it comes to fats, it's, it's, it's really not the highly refined vegetable oils. Those are very high in omega sixes and they will drive up that omega six to three ratio, which will drive down our fertility. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you know, the whole fat-free movement just totally screwed us. <laughs> oh my God. So bad. One of the things that a lot of people don't think about is there's a lot of really good nourishing fats in high quality meats. So we typically as a society will say, well, eat your lean meats, eat your lean mm-hmm. meats. And a yeah. lot of times when we're eating good quality grass-fed meats, like we're getting fat-soluble vitamins, we're getting B vitamins, we're getting all those things that we need, protein in these like foods. And we've tried to, again, move away from that when really that is the most nutrient dense, which is it is. And women will say to me, like, how do I get the fat in? And I say, well, you know, just cook your veggies in fat. And Mm -hmm. but if you eat, if you get in your 80 to 90 grams of protein from the sources that I recommend, the fat just falls right into place. It's amazing. Like if you track Mm -hmm. your macros, you don't even pay attention to fat. And you just kind of, okay, I'm going to cook my veg and I'm going to cook them in a little bit of ghee or like, you know, I have like a a butternut squash soup that I had this morning. I added an egg to it. Like I whisk an egg in there, add some ghee, some salt and pepper. It's bone broth is the base of the soup. So I'm getting all my, I'm getting everything in, but I don't, I don't count the fat necessarily. But at the end of the day, the fat just falls into place, if you will. Like it's like, there's my macro. I've hit my 40%, easy peasy. And I hit my 25 to 30% of protein. And then the carbs should really come from vegetable sources. That should be the main source of our carbohydrates. And so I I do see that most women, including myself, do a lot better off of grains, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, personally too many nuts. And I was like really paleo leading up to the pregnancy with my son. Um, And what my body shifted after that pregnancy and like almonds started to cause my eczema to flare up and and I, I was relying on the nuts so much. And that's what I see is like, oh, my snacks are just like, you know, nuts, 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 nuts. Yes. <laughs> right. Like, okay. That we're not meant to eat that many nuts. Um, right. The lectins can be highly inflammatory. Are they soaked? Are they organic? Are they, you know, there's all these layers. And beans tend to, most people, and nightshades. It's fascinating what I find in the elimination diet. It's, it's always some kind of nightshade vegetable that people are having a reaction to. And they don't realize it. Like I had one girl, she had Hashimoto, she had celiac, she's had two miscarriages by the time she comes to me. She's young. She's like in her early 30s. And she eats like for her snack every day is like this huge thing of red peppers, raw red peppers with hummus. And like really healthy, right? I mean, she's like super into fitness, super educated girl, had a healthy diet. uh, But she wasn't eating nearly enough animal protein because she was still saying lean on the meats. 
she was kind of avoiding eggs because there was cholesterol stuff in her family, which I was like, okay, not that, no, that has nothing to do with anything. Um, we only absorb 20% of cholesterol from our, that impacts our cholesterol levels, 20% from our diet guys, just so you know, 20%. And high cholesterol is usually a sign of inflammation, not of bad foods in your cholesterol, rich foods in your diet. But that's an aside. So anyway, we just made some tweaks and one of them was taking out these nights and she did, she had like chronic sinusy stuff. Like every day she had to like clear her throat. She kind of woke up with like sinus drip and she had Hashimoto's and maybe some GI stuff. I can't remember. But anyway, those bell peppers, man, took them out and sinus stuff went away. Could have mm. crazy. Right. You know, and then, um, the next pregnancy, yeah, she took home, which was amazing because she was getting pregnant pretty easily. But I think it was just regulating an immune reaction. You know, I mean, I've made more tweaks than that, but I really think I have another girl. It was like green lentils were like her staple and she loved them and she cooked them properly and, you know, was so paleo and so perfect in her diet, if you will, that, but she still had these little symptoms. I mean, one of them was she wasn't getting pregnant, but the others were like joint pain, migraines, Mm -hmm. sinus stuff, some GI stuff. And I was like, I think we got to take out those lentils. Let's see what happens, you know, and, um, and taking out lentils and adding in more of the nutrient density foods and relying less on the nuts and the beans. Um, that did the trick for her at the age of 42 after eight years of That's nothing. Incredible. Wow. Nothing. Wow. So I want to jump into some questions from our community because we have some good ones and it'll give us um, some application opportunities. So this one's from Allie and I love this question because I was like, oh, this is a great question. If eggs were made before we are born, (laughs) what does talk about improving egg quality even mean? So if our eggs are made before we're born, do we really have control over the quality of our eggs? We sure do. So um, the eggs are there, you know, and I guess you could say made, but not really. They're immature and they're dormant and they just sit in this, you know, picture like a little reserve, you know, like tank type of thing. And um, they just sit there until we start menstruating, right? And then as that process begins, so does the process of what's called folliculogenesis. And so the follicles, which are what house the egg, they're the egg house, um, get recruited. And over the process of 100 days or so, give or take, they become mature follicles. So they like in their dormant state, and this is one of the reproductive endocrinologists that I work with a lot, Dr. Zahir Murhi, um, he put it so brilliantly. He's like, all your eggs are actually good. And so when they're recruited, they're perfect. They have all like the, the, you know, the chromosomes where they need them to be. Um, well, they're not even chromosomes yet. They're like, you know, spindles basically. And so then as they're recruited those hundred days, they're impacted by the environment in your body. So the chemicals, the state of inflammation, the emotional inflammation, the toxins, the, the diet, the macronutrients, like too much carbs, all those things are more imbalanced. They are impacted. And so Inside, so basically the follicle, like I said, houses the egg. So the egg is one tiny piece of it. And then the surrounding fluid is what impacts the first stage of division that the egg has to go through, which is called meiosis. And that's when the actual her set of chromosomes will be created. And so 
it's actually not that all your eggs go bad and or disappear. Like even in menopause, there's still about a thousand eggs left in our ovaries too, just so you guys know, or in the reserve tank, I'll call it. Um, But so it is about the environment with which they develop that causes it. Now, the other thing with aging and egg quality we all decline as we age. It's just, it's impossible. How, however much of a biohacker you are, like I know my genetic age is 11 years younger than my chronological age, but I'm still aging, right? I'm still getting older. And as we age, we're just, we're more easily damaged by the environment. So, you know, we all notice that, right? What you could get away with in your twenties, like from alcohol or sleeping or diet, you can't get away with so much as you are in your thirties versus your forties. Right. And so same kind of thing, like we get more and more sensitive. And so the eggs, as we get older, are more likely, you know, uh, or more easily, if you will, or more fragile maybe is a good way to look at it. So they can be more easily impacted. So that's why I think as, you know, the women I work with that are in their 40s, that's where I do have to be like the strictest with them because I'm like, we have less room for error. We just do. We had a lot more room for error in our 20s, middle room for error in our 30s. And, and now we're getting, we got a lot less room for error. So we got to nail it, you know. Um, but yeah, it's really about the environment that impacts the egg quality, not that the eggs are bad in the reserve. Which is very encouraging. I mean, that's, yeah, that's I really agree. great. Yeah. Um, and there's also, by the way, zero ways of ever knowing if your eggs are bad or good. Just so you know, there's like a hundred percent no way unless you do IVF with genetic testing. And even then they don't test for everything. So you don't really totally know. But if any doctor ever tells you your eggs are bad without doing a single test, like they legitimately know nothing about the quality of your eggs, nothing. Mm. So just keep that in mind. Okay, so this question, uh, we got a couple about coming off of birth control. This one's from Rini. She says, coming off the pill, what should you focus on to establish healthy cycles, not trying to conceive, versus what should you focus on when trying to conceive? I don't know that it's so different. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. when you first go off the pill, though, I would think about, like, the liver and really supporting the liver and its detoxification process. So um, broccoli sprouts are one of my favorite things, spirulina, chlorophyll like the greens. We love greens in Chinese medicine. We also love sour. So like lemon juice, apple cider vinegar, that kind of stuff to really support the liver and its detoxification. You got to add back in your B vitamins because you get really B and D deficient on the pill. And then you want to work on gut health too, right? So um, I almost think that's like how I would focus of like some kind of you know, two month, three month plan where it's supporting liver detoxification and, and giving your body all the nourishment it it needs because it's been deprived and helping it restore because it can take six to nine months to restore normal ovulatory function after going off the pill. Some women ovulate right away, but a lot don't. It takes at least three, what I see in the clinic, at least three to six months. And sometimes it's nine to 12 for some women, depending too on their BMI. Like, so I would also make sure to establish like proper hormonal function, your BMI should really be like an 18, 19, 20. It shouldn't go lower than an 18. When it's lower than an 18, you don't have enough estrogen to restore a natural cycle. So I would focus on those types of things of like, what can I do to support my liver in its detox process? Um, And like I said too, you know, I wouldn't do something like DIM or calcium deglucurate because those can especially if you're a lower BMI, those will clear out good estrogen too. I would really focus food-wise. So the cruciferous vegetables, I love broccoli sprouts for this. And like I said, chlorophyll, mm-hmm. spirulina, eating enough leafy green vegetables. Like, so 
amp up your vegetables. You still have your, you know, your good quality protein and your fats, but focus on, on those leafy greens and the cruciferous, um, omega threes and a really good quality, you know, B complex. Hmm. This one's from Jay. She says, I've been trying to conceive for four years. We went to the fertility specialist uh, two years ago, tried an IUI, no success, told unexplained infertility in quotations. Next step would be IVF. We were both checked out, told all appears to be fine. What can we do to improve fertility and what things might traditional doctors have missed that we should look into? Yeah. So like I was saying, the thyroid antibodies is a big one. I would do a complete thyroid panel, including free T3, free T4, thyroid antibodies. Make sure your vitamin D levels are up between a 50, above a 50, ideally closer to a 70. Uh, If not supplement, those are things that they don't typically look at. You know, you could look at homocysteine or CRP to see if there's levels of inflammation in the body. Um, and then to prepare, you know, I would just drive you to the egg quality diet because I think it's got all the tools and there's an incredible resources page that I'm always updating with so much information on there for you too. But those are the things they're typically not looking at. Um, they also might not be looking at, there's something called DNA fragmentation, which is like a kind of a newer sperm test you can do. That's a little more in depth than a sperm analysis. Um, what else? Yeah. And I would say too, like they might say everything looks fine, but like, are you in like ideal health for you? So again, that questionnaire that I have in the egg quality diet will really bring you home to that because there might be signs that your body's talking to you of like, yeah, I'm a little more inflamed or I have X, Y, or Z going on and I can't prioritize fertility right now. Mm. So looking under all those rocks, making sure like bath and beauty products are non-toxic. You know, there's, I think there's so many layers that, that are not discussed whatsoever when it comes to a fertility clinic. And I've had so many girls, you know, um, in your shoes that have, have made it happen. And I believe you can too. So just, I would just say, you know, what, what resonates with you and keep looking, but I would probably go to the egg quality diet and check that out. I mean, even read, yes, you can get pregnant where I really just outline like what I think is a fertility rejuvenation protocol and see the things you're doing. Cause diet, again, like we were talking is like one piece, you know, there's a lot of other pieces to the puzzle. This last question is from Elizabeth, and it's about specifically hypothalamic amenorrhea recovery. She says, after almost one year of recovery, I've gained back my weight, healed my relationship with food, started meditating, journaling, only doing gentle movement, but I still don't have my period back. My labs look great now, so my gynecologist says I shouldn't worry about not ovulating. What can I do to finally get this thing going again? We are trying to conceive and I want to ideally, I want it to happen naturally. Well, first off, kudos to you. Congratulations. Um, That's a tough thing to heal from and recover from. So you should be really proud of yourself. And I do think frequency and consistency like will get you there. And eventually your body will say, I have enough. But look also at like the other stressors in your life. You know, where can you minimize stress? Because that is still a big piece of hypothalamic amenorrhea. You know, I had one girl that I just could not get her to freaking bleed. Um, And... COVID hit and she wound up leaving her job and working remotely, you know, as we all did, but all of a sudden her period came back and then boom, 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 baby is here now. Um, so, but, but I, I agree, like all her labs, everything looks good. Like we were, we were rocking it and she would develop follicles. She just wouldn't fully ovulate. So acupuncture, um, 
was really helpful for her to like get her. We had a couple ovulations and a couple bleeds, but to get consistent periods was really challenging for me until the work situation shifted for her. So I would also think about too, like your workouts, making sure they're not too intense, you know, like that you're giving yourself rest time, stretch time, that kind of thing. Um, but I would incorporate acupuncture and Chinese herbs as, as a next layer, if you haven't already, because I think that's a really good way to reset the body and bring it back home and encourage it more. And then pay attention to those macronutrients too. Like have a look at, you know, maybe the high quality diet, um, or even just like the macros of 40 to 45% fat, you know, uh, 25, 30 protein and the rest carbohydrates making sure you're hitting that too, because you might not be. So really, you know, think about more protein and think about more fat and see, see if that does the trick as well. Thank you, Amy, for all your knowledge bombs. And I'm, I think you're still seeing people. Are you not? Are you? Yeah. Okay. 100%. Talk to us about how we can start working with you. (laughs) Yeah. So like I said, I mean, uh, I have clinics in the tri-state area, New York City, Nyack, New York, Westport, Connecticut. um, And I have associates in all those clinics who work under me and I mentor. And then I also have, um, I coach online and I have coaches as well that I also work with and mentor. And so either way, wherever you are in the world, you could work with me or my team. You just head to my website, amyrop.com, and you can learn all about everything we do. And my books are on there and um, Instagram and Facebook. I'm pretty active on, you know, every week I go live and, and share, share my knowledge uh, mm-hmm. and just, you know, try to empower and inspire anyone I can. You're definitely doing that. So um, we appreciate you and I appreciate you coming on. I will link to amyraup.com in the show notes. You guys follow her on Instagram. It's at amyraup. And then she's got a number of books. I'm going to link to all of those in the show notes. But specifically, the newest one is The Egg Quality Diet. And I will link to that in the show notes as well. Go get that book if you, you know, it's a great gift. You know, it's something that there's a lot of people that I think if we're not personally impacted by fertility issues, I think we all know somebody who is. And there are there are alternatives to being told this is unexplained. We don't have anything for you. Here's your next steps. Right. And so um, I think that it makes a great gift for people who you want to give hope to. So thank you, Amy. I, I really Agreed. appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. And thanks to everyone uh, for, for tuning in and listening. Okay, for more from me, coconuts and kettleballs.com is my website. Again, Amy's website is amyraup.com. It's R-A-U-P-P. Uh, thanks for being here, and we will talk to you next week.